believe we're back. It's been a little while. It's good to see you. How was your summer? Summer was great. It was hectic, busy, hot, energizing, frustrating. I feel like I ran a gamut of emotions this summer. How about you? It sounds like I had the same summer. We had a little <laughs> camp, uh, a little home time, a little vacation time, a moment or two of work frustration, and a few breakthroughs along the way as well. Was it was it a busy summer? Do you feel like you got a lot accomplished? For IBM, it was a busy summer because it was the launch of Watson X and congratulations for business campaign, which is this. This is big. Now, of course. It is big. IBM has a history, if you go back to Jeopardy and almost a decade now of being in this space and being a leader in this space, our experience was we were early for the market. Watson was a little before its time. And now with ChatGBT, everyone's talking about it. And it's a good moment for us to use the decade worth of learning to say, well, what does it mean for enterprise businesses? And how do you actually take away of the, take advantage of this in a way that's responsible and ethical and protects privacy sure. data? That's that's the summer. And that's probably the next t- 10 years of my life as well, because this is the next decade of competition and technology. Well, you know, we we may have a we may have a topic right there. And 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 you know. I mean, there's so many ways that we could take that one, including, um, you know, I had a breakfast yesterday with with a, a B2B leader, um, and he was talking about, you know, even all of the things, so you kind of have this this platform perspective, but then you also have this idea of like evolution on the user interface side, right? So so we, we know Watson... AI today, and we we understand what it was yesterday and the way to interact with it. But then, what happens when you you not only change underlying models, but you actually change the human interface? And you know, one parallel that I was thinking about was this idea of like, you know, on the consumer side, there were all of these feed based products like Facebook feed and Instagram, and and you know, you would go into the feed and you would see all of this content and then, you know, Snapchat comes out and it opens on the camera Hmm. and, and, you know, you just have this like minor tweak that creates this new platform and way of engaging. And, you know, I, 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 whether it's today or another time, I was thinking about like, well, what does that mean in the AI world? Like what parallels can we draw there? Most of the conversations I'm having especially externally with peers and with clients, more so than the marketing that we're doing, is what's the use case, which very much connects with what you're saying. So have played with ChatGBT or some of the fun, small kind of toyish versions of this. But now I'm thinking of the enterprise applications. I'm hearing there's 10,000 possibilities. What's the actual use case I should start with? And what does it take to start responsibly down that path? I don't want to give away all my corporate data. I don't want to have a system hallucinating and putting out lies on my website. I don't want to be threatening jobs. And yet, from a competitive standpoint, I'm hearing if I don't move in some use cases today, I'm going to get left behind. 
that's the conversation I've been having around the world in the last few weeks. Everyone's feeling the anxiety of it and the opportunity. Are you getting those calls? I'm getting those calls too. I'm feeling it as well. And it is, it is interesting. I was trying to think like, you know, I, I, I love the idea of focusing it around a use case. Um, and, and I think, you know, that, that that's, everyone sees the power and then it's like, okay, but, but what, what is the actual application? Um, and we, there's so many great experiments going on right now, and it's really energizing to see what people are building. I don't know if I told you about one of the experiments we ran. We're still at the stage where it is very experimental, and intentionally we're letting lots of teams try lots of different things. And in IBM, we had 100,000 plus employees engaged in this what's the next challenge where people were able to get on the tool and the platform itself and try to apply it to their business. So all these flowers blooming and we'll sort through it later. But we ran one experiment that changed my outlook. I don't know if I told you this because during the summer, it was a partnership between IBM and Adobe playing with Watson X and their Firefly system, which does generative AI there on visualization images. I saw at their Vegas conference, a demo, I was really excited. It was still in beta, but I, asked if we could play with it. And we happened to have IBM sponsorship of Masters coming up, the golf tournament, and both our CEOs were gonna be there. And we said, oh, it would be really fun if we could do something to demonstrate how IBM and Watson X and Adobe and Firefly could come together. Could we do something real? Could we put something in market? And by the way, this was three weeks before the event. So no one knows, hey, what's the real state of AI? Does yeah. it actually work? Does this generous stuff? We went for it and it still runs through our partnership with Ogilvy and the creative process, but it's enhanced by these generative models. We can talk more about the details, but I'll tell you the result, which is it is the best performing set of social ads we've run this year. I've been telling peers and clients, it's not that I'm making the case that it's magical. Everything you run through the system will be your best performing. But for me, it, more address the inverse, which is the sense that maybe it's just not ready yet. Maybe we'll toy with it this year and it will be next year, the year after. The fact that it could contribute in its own way, not replacing the people, not replacing the creativity, but contribute in its own way to the best performing work we've done this year, that is profound. And I hadn't realized we were at that stage until I got into it. We moved all our timelines up. Wow, that's incredible. That's incredible to hear. And, and you know, I think if I'm just thinking about, you know, brands out there listening to that and, you know, to know that you can actually get to market faster on some of these big ideas that you're pursuing. Uh, I think it, that's that's really, really compelling. Yeah, I think enhancing creativity. I think other use cases I've seen is in terms of like optimizing operational processes you know i was talking to um uh, uh, a brand the other day who actually uh creates a platform that is used in the oil and gas space helping um, match up uh, rig operators to contractors and as part of that they do a lot of surveying around safety on the job and you know what they were finding is that Processing the feedback on these surveys 
takes a very, very long time. It's very human driven. And, you know, they were able to create an AI model that was going through and actually summarizing these results very, very effectively. And so like they were getting this speed on the safety issues, which was making worker safety go up and also at the same time, like optimizing their operations. So it's just, it's, it's cool time. It's a cool time. Everywhere. We've been talking a lot about use cases around with HR organizations in IBM. Our HR organization is a fraction of what it was before. And it's the place in my personal life where I'm actually using generative AI the most. Most of the HR support that we get is now through an AI agent. And it's good. I would not tell you that if it weren't, because I can point out all kinds of technology gaps. It's remarkably good. It's better than when I would call my old HR partner and ask for help. Not to say that we're replacing humans with the tool, but in this particular case, it's been really good. And then building off that Adobe example for us in marketing, the use case I've been talking to people a lot about is building off the idea of the content supply chain. That was an idea people have been talking about for a while, and it probably won't surprise you when I heard about it. I got excited not by the content side, but by the supply chain thought. I really like that metaphor. And it sparked for me, coming from more of a data and analytics background, if you treated content in a marketing function like a real supply chain, you would know all the steps of the process and you would be able to monitor them. And just like if a part is stuck on a boat and off the coast of China, you would know that and you'd have tracker on it. But that's not how a content supply, it's a nice idea, but we don't really know our content supply chain. We did a lot of work over the last six months to build a real content supply chain. Doesn't mean our content's great. In fact, it's not. It doesn't mean we're fast. In fact, we're slow. But for the first time, we can see it. I know the steps. I know the time. I know the dollars. I know the people. It's a really powerful view. And the thing that popped out of it around the same time we were doing this generative AI testing was only about 20% of our time and cost is really in the core creative process. The thinking of the big ideas, the work with you and the agency. The other 80% is all derivative. It's all, I got to reformat it. I got to take this image and resize it. Well, this was built for web, but now I need it for email. I got to translate it because we're in different markets. 80% of our time and cost, which by the way, for us is 100 to $200 million a year, like non-trivial. Imagine all of that, which is susceptible to this improvement. It, it lends itself to these generative models. All of that gets to be reinvested in the creative process. $100 million plus dollars saved for a company like us. And I think you'll like this part. That was not the exciting part. That was not the thing that got us excited. Normally when you hear $100 million, you get excited. It was for the first time I felt like I could see a path to real personalization at scale. We've talked about it forever and our data systems have been, have been able to do the work on the segmentation for a long time. We have segmentations down to almost an individual that we could do off web, except we still only have one piece of content. That's right. And now I have seen it. Still working on the experimentation, but I have seen a credible answer, a real answer. 
such that I know, especially because we're going to have this hundred millions of saving, reinvested into the core creative process, really elevating the creators, letting the system do the derivative work. And for the end user, best of all, an experience that actually gets to this promise we've been talking about for as long as I've been in marketing, probably longer. Yeah, no, so so fascinating. I mean, it, it's so similar to what I'm seeing and exper experiencing. And then I think there it kind of comes back to this whole idea of, you know, we talk, we've talked in the past about, you know, business transformation or digital transformation. And now we're like perhaps entering this period of AI transformation. And so like like organizationally, what does that mean from like a culture and education perspective? What does that mean from a tools governance uh, process perspective? What does that mean in terms of what we're measuring and how we're doing that? So it's like, it's all of those components coming together in order to like unlock that value and unlock more impact for the business in the respective communities of customers that they serve, whether that's small to medium-sized businesses or large enterprises, like more of IBM. But tell me, Ari, you know, we, 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 we've spent a lot of time this year, and, and you in particular have been leading from the front around product-led growth and really thinking about that entire customer journey end-to-end -end and, and, and working holistically across how do you see AI coming together with some of the thinking around product-led growth? Like how, how do that, how does that, is there an interplay there? What does that look like? How does that manifest itself over time? I feel it for sure. AI has been a big part of what we've done for as long as I've been in this part of the business. So machine learning models have been part of our scoring and our, algorithms for next best action. Those kind of elements have existed for a long time. And then generative comes along and reaches a point of maturity where for the first time, I think the AI touches the creative process. I'm really interested in your view because I do think that creates some anxiety and that creates some organizational change. And some of that's real. And some of that I believe is going to dissipate when we get into the real process. But I take it back to what I just touched upon and what got me so excited. You and I have talked long time about personalization and relevance. And I've even expressed to you some cynicism about the cost of getting to real personalization. We know as we're going to market with PLG, especially for IBM, we're in 170 countries. Something as simple, if it is it translated, but is the imagery relevant to that market? Team from India was saying, you know that Beer example that we're using the case study, not great for this market or Middle East. Okay. Ah, traditionally, if you want to swap out the case study, you got to wait in line for the agency. All right, we'll be back to you next month. By the way, oh, it needs to be translated also. All right, that's another month. This, I believe, is the first time I've seen a scalable solution to personalization that unlocks that promise of PLG, especially the early stages where your discovery, discovery stages. And that's been a barrier for us, especially as we've tried to scale across markets. Where do you fall in the continuum? Frightening, exciting, 
transformative, overblown? I would definitely say uh, as an agency, I think we see, we definitely see and feel AI is captivating, right? There's a lot of hype around it. Uh, and there is a, an endless realm of possibility. And I think, you know, more than anything, we think that it is a, a supplement to human potential. And it is reorienting what's possible. It's opening us up to new possibilities. We are evaluating as humans, how do we spend our time here on earth? And what does it mean for that creative process? And once we move through whatever hype cycle we're in, uh, there is tremendous potential here for AI partnered with humans. Uh, the creative director um, at Ogilvy, who, who I'm very close with and partners with me on the Ogilvy experience business, he's he he wrote this quote, you know, machines don't have the creativity. They can't answer if something is good or wrong. They don't know what it feels like to travel or or to taste a tomato. But at the same time, there's so much potential there to partner. And uh, there's this incredible article uh, or a really white paper from um, our, our CEO of, of Ogilvy Advertising, Antonis. And he has a headline on it that says something to the effect of uh, the impact of AI on marketing from algorithms to artistry. And so it's, 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 it's this idea that we are going to continue to have a canvas and that canvas will be enhanced with AI. Uh, so we, we very much see the value of the creative process, the value of what we do, what we deliver. Uh, but we do think that there's a lot of places on the algorithm side where we can leverage that to make our artistry bigger, more impactful, faster, et cetera. That sounds parallel then to the experience we've been having. I have found in our practical experience of this, what I call the derivative asset problem, there's a nice bridge between people like myself more on the demand side who think more algorithmically about the problem and the creative side. Eventually, project into the future, maybe there are new kinds of tensions. But for now, the ability to return 80% of the time and the dollars to the creative team, because that's the stuff I don't believe these tools are capable of doing just as you said. But what creative person wants to spend their time resizing? Which the job actually has the potential to be better and more interesting. Your life on this earth, as you say, has a potential to be better and more interesting if we apply this technology in a responsible way. And the fact that it's ready to go now puts the impetus on all of us as leaders to think through the organizational implications as we're reaping the benefits of the capability. You know, you probably have this covered with the IBM, you know, consulting team, but I think that, you know, one of the other things that I think of in terms of like our, our, or really an agency and, and, and partner collaboration, a, a data and tech partner like IBM powered with Ogilvy is like, 
everything we're talking about has this transformation element to it. Like if we want to transform how creative is made and, and, you know, there's maybe even platform partners here too, like Adobe, but how are we showing up within large enterprises and offering not just pieces of this and saying like, here you go, but really kind of coming in with a, a methodology, a roadmap, a plan that is integrating uh all of the different components of the the change management with the tech platform, with the AI tools and data in in a turnkey solution that is unlocking all of that value and potential. It's definitely an offering, of course, we bring to our clients. And then we've been thinking a lot about it for ourselves internally. To your point, it's not one element. The generative AI has put a lot of focus on it, but we were already going down this path with automation, for example, which is a related- an overlapping set of capabilities. So now you just picture the 2B organization of the future that's actually good for marketers and creative people and data scientists that actually makes their job richer and more rewarding, that makes their work more effective, that maybe most importantly, makes the client experience better, which is where you and I often intersect and talk about. All that feels like it's there. It's not one technology. It's not Inherently, it's not even really a, a new question. But anytime there's a catalyst, in this case, ChatGPT has done this for a lot of us, it's a nice opportunity to step back and talk about, in our case, the whole package of what does a balance of algorithms and automation and generative AI and machine learning look like in a way that enhances user experience marketers work, human life. Um, and that's just within our marketing function. Now, some of the really interesting things in happening at IBM are, of course, where we apply this to problems that matter to the world. Because imagine healthcare and science and the exciting things that happen in research. Not my area of expertise. I'm going to keep focusing on marketing, but it's nice to know that the world's going to be better. I do believe that. Well, it's great to be back, Ari, with you doing this. It's uh, going to be a terrific season ahead. I'm excited to, for all the conversations we are going to have, and it's great to see you today. It's good to be back together. It's good to see you, hopefully soon, in person. Let's do it. <laughs>